All right, you guys, welcome back to Defy the Norm podcast. I'm Robin. I'm Victor. And we are sharing with you uh, the trials and tribulations of living life on the road, uh, but define the norm in lots of aspects. I think we kind of defy the norm, not only just how we live, but in choosing to prioritize health and sovereignty and really like it's crazy to defy the norm in spending so much time together as a family and creating uh, a relationship with our kids that's cooperative and developing this compassionate relationship with each other. So we, we took all these ideas and put them into a new membership hub called Be the Hero. Because really to defy the norm, you have to step into being the hero of your own life. And that comes on many fronts. It comes from... Um, your own health comes to your own mindset, which is what we're going to talk about today. Did you want to add something to that? Yeah. And if you're new to this podcast, you know, we've been living in a, uh, living in our RV full time for the last seven years with five children. We took, we sold everything. We had a business, a brick and mortar for almost 20 years and sold everything and downsized and started living, um, life on our own how do we put it? On our own terms. On our own terms. And it's not so much that we want to tell you, hey, you need to live in an RV. But the living in an RV downsized our expenses so much that it provided us a lot more time to um, you know, enjoy life, re- spend time reflecting. And in some ways created massive challenges for me not having everything wrapped up into a business. And I know a lot of guys or people out there go through the same challenges. Everything is who you are is is your work and that's about it. And all of a sudden I had that taken away and had the time and space to go, who am I outside of it? And to some level, I'm still trying to figure that out. Okay, so, so, we so real quick too, if you're... It, we have been living in an RV, but back in 2020, you know, we used to live in our RV and just kind of home base out of San Diego for a while. We had two RVs. We'd keep one in San Diego as a home base, one we'd travel in. And then in 2020, it was crazy, right? And I just said, forget it. I'm out of here. I did not want to be in San Diego. Um, I did not want to be in any of the states that uh, experienced more lockdown and lack of freedom. So we went over to pretty much South Dakota, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming. and Wyoming for since then, for the most part, taking a couple trips other places. Well, actually, last year we went all the way to Florida and back, but for, <laughs> for the we've been all over for a while. We stuck to those states, and uh, when we did so, though, when we were going from San Diego, where Victor had a brick and mortar, he um, my uncle had a house come available, and this house was. Uh, up in Montana, it's beautiful land. The views are incredible. And so Victor really liked the idea of wintering there in 2020, uh, 2020 to 2021, because the idea of going to South Dakota in our RV, where we were going to kind of home base out of, um, was intimidating, right? You're the cold the weather. Prospect, it's gonna be yeah, scary. The prospect of being in the fifth wheel in really cold weather with seven of us was... It was a lot. You know, yeah. In the summer, it's one thing because you can escape and be outside. Um, In the winter, when it's really cold, you have limited space. You get on each other's nerves. That's just, that's a byproduct of living this lifestyle is living in close confines with everyone. But I was not prepared to broach that challenge. And I was thinking to myself, okay, well, you know, family, let's make this work. 
I think too, on top of it, Victor had this mindset of like, oh, if he's stationary, he'd find more work. He, I think literally he feels like as he's going, as he's moving, it's hard to attract um, work and, and to do his job as well. So he really likes the idea of being stationary. So we made the mistake of, well, it wasn't a mistake. In I look back and it was like such a great uh, experience. We learned a lot. But, you know, renting from family members and from family members who um, you might not see eye to eye with very well or who tend to be emotionally volatile is never a good idea. And so we ended up in this house from, let's see, that was October 2020. And then we, we uh, got to the beginning of this year, 2022, and I took out a calendar and I said, hey, Victor, in 2021... We were only in this house 111 days, I believe, or maybe 121. So we were there about a third of the year. And what had happened, because Victor felt like, oh, I need this house for for security and Stability, to feel rooted, yeah. yeah, all those things. We ended up spending so much money in gas constantly for me. I was always fleeing. It was a standing joke that every time we'd get back to Polson, I'd be like, all right, you guys, this time I can last two weeks. And by the end of two weeks, I was stir crazy. And it was a beaut. It was a great house. We didn't put any furniture in the living room so we could do yoga as a family. We had a garage that we could put a 20-foot trampoline and a gym in. The problem was is that it was so cold and the sun rarely shined. And so that just took a toll. It was like literally felt, to me, I just felt like communism had won, that I was trapped in this house. And while there were some benefits to it, it was not healthy for, for me Victor probably loved it because from his, if you've listened to our other podcast episodes, especially the early episodes, we talk about like he's had some, some trauma in his childhood and a lot of things that disrupted or never, um, never opened up his root chakra. And so for him, it was so much safety and security. It did really wonderful things. I think of over those last 18 months for Victor, for finding like this, this part of him that probably he would never have discovered. Well, just discovering like, oh yeah, I have this hang up. That was the biggest thing. <laughs> that's really the only thing now reprogramming. That's a whole different bag of worms now. And, um, I got really chubby and really strong because I worked out a lot and it's so dang cold. Um, so I didn't get enough act activity, but that even, even for me, it didn't have, um, that level of like, I need to be able to walk out my door and go do blank, blank and blank and just have just, just seeing the sun, even if it's cold is, is completely different. So, so we ended up beginning of the year saying like this and so last year, part of, I said, we went to Florida, we weren't in the house that much. And we was hard to justify spending that much money. It wasn't even that much, but spending money on something that you're not really using. It was an expensive storage unit. And in the end, uh, my um, family member decided to raise our rent anyways. And I'm like, okay, like now it's really crossing the line because we were already having trouble justifying at a lower rent and now it was going higher. I was like, no, 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 that's not okay. Okay, we're out. Well, he lives next door and he likes that he can use our land to um, have a pond and keep all of his stuff there. And it's like, it's a playground for him. And so I think ideally he's like, oh, I don't want tenants on there that won't let me come on this land. So the compromise was like, hey, you can Airbnb it. And for somebody who is 
uh, we don't, him and I don't always see eye to eye because he's an entrepreneur and I'm an entrepreneur and we're both control freaks and we're both dominant personalities in our worlds. And so it's really hard to have two commanders. So he said, I needed to run the Airbnb, but he wanted to micromanage it. So this Airbnb turned into a nightmare for me. It was, it was okay at first. And quite honestly, I love running Airbnbs, but I can't run an Airbnb with somebody yelling at me and, and micromanaging. micromanaging me or telling me, you know, and we weren't in Montana anymore. So to run an Airbnb from far away was hard in a city where it's hard to find good work. Um, I think in a bigger city, it would have been fine. So we go back, we're closing up the Airbnb this month and we went back this week to clean it start working on cleaning it out because we got to get rid of all of our stuff i don't know how we've accumulated so much. so much but the idea was i guess that we thought we'd keep it as a home base indefinitely so we brought up a bunch of our gymnastic stuff from san diego the a little bit of furniture that we had saved um was there and i think it, it was it was good to go back in and be like, oh my gosh, I don't, I haven't needed this stuff. I can let go of most of it, but it's our sports equipment. We have so much skis and snowboards and climbing gear and all of these things that we have to deal with. So we're back. Uh, we bought, we bought to timeline it. I said this in the last podcast. We bought this little travel trailer, Nomad. We call him Nomad, and because he has a sticker that says Nomad on him. And we bought that last week. We It needed to be finished uh, with flooring and the water connected and some of the pipes taken care of and the bed kind of reef, the frame fixed. And so we had all these little things to do in 24 hours while we were there. We had one night that the Airbnb was going to be empty. So we had 24 hours to get it done. And... Victor did amazing. You know, we joke that he's not handy, but you're actually pretty handy in this case. We actually had to make it. You told me I had to just command it and then you do the task, right? We're not very good at seeing the vision for how to do it. Yeah. But if I say like, here's this the piece. Needs, here's a piece. This needs to be done. Um, and then I cross-reference. You can always find a YouTube and I'm like, okay, I looked at this. I'm like, it's not exactly it, but you know what? I'm, I'm in it to win it. And I was also crunched for time. I'm like, I have no... I had no opportunity to hesitate and go, I just I don't want to open a bag of worms, which is always my thing. To, I don't want to make things worse, never having laid laminate floor, never never having really done with pecs. But, oh my God, this actually could not have been easier, really. Yeah. Things went really smoothly. I looked at my son like, hey, this is working. I do have a little bit of, on our slide, I do need to readjust eventually the laminate, how I laid it. I didn't realize you had to do it intentionally on a stagger, even though it was a square. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to work perfectly. Um, and so I do have to go back and do that. But we got stuff done. I basically worked on that for 24 hours. And so hours. I thought I had, well, it was a little bit less than that because that was Saturday morning when Saturday all day. And then um, I thought we had half of Sunday still. And so I'm in the house, taking my time, doing the laundry, getting the next Airbnb set up. I, I had gotten two roasts, like a soup started, a roast in the crock pot, a roast in the instant pot. We had made pie dough to make this because there's rhubarb that grows on the property. We're going to make rhubarb pie. It was going to be this amazing feast that night, relaxing. We we're going to maybe do some yoga, watch maybe a movie, which is so rare for me to do. And... I go to the grocery store to get a couple things and my son Danny calls me and he's like, somebody's trying to check in for the Airbnb right now. Like, no, no, they're wrong. It's like, no, it's tomorrow. <laughs> and he's like, no, they, they're VRBO. I'm like, OMG. I had totally forgot 
that I had listed it on VRBO and hadn't even checked for reservations there. So we're, we're the shocking thing is like that that was the first time that that happened. It could have actually happened multiple times. And while we were away, that was the biggest thing. It was thing. really it was like, ironic Whoa. that it happened. I hadn't been there since April 1st and that it happened the, the day that I was actually there to fix it was pretty incredible because I felt so, I, I thought, oh, what are these people going to do if I can't? They would have to go find a hotel. There was like two families, 10 of them like, oh, man, it would have been horrible. But. I don't know. This is what we were talking about, how people, different people handle stress. To me, it's like in a situation like that, I can turn it on really fast and just kind of uh, delegate and take action. And like, I, I go back to the house because we're at the grocery store. I meet the guy. I go, hey, I'm so sorry about this, but can you just go down to the shoe? It's like the restaurant a mile away. Go get a drink and an appetizer. Come back in an hour. The house will be co- totally ready for you. Okay. And he was really understanding. He's like, okay. And so I initially or immediately made sure that the guests coming in the next day, I had to cancel them, unfortunately. And it luckily worked out. They didn't mind. Um, and we get to work. Like my kid, the kids are so good at this. It's like, Jariah, you're on dishes. Get the kitchen totally ready. Tati, you're vacuuming. She breaks the vacuum. <laughs> uh, Victor, you're on, you're on sh- bathroom duty. I was like working on like organ, getting the beds, Jeez, yeah. towels already. And honestly, you were like kind of freaking out. Is that what you were going to tell about? But yeah, it was had... interesting how the ad- adaptation, um, like the stress, the stress, positive stress, negative. So we cannot avoid stress, but in the physical body, this is just some physiology. So you can go ahead if you just don't want to hear any of this part. Um, you know how you interpret it. There's good stress and bad stress. And a lot of that has to do with your own mindset. Um, and it's easy to get stuff done when you're in a stress reaction but you are going to use uptake of sugars a lot differently but if you can be like all right we got a little bit of a challenge no problem um but i do have a tendency to like go into sort of aggro mode like just get this thing done let's get this thing done a few times danny's like looked at me like calm down stop yelling i got it i got it and uh, it just speaks a little bit about You know, if you can do it and it seems like, okay, this is just going to be, we're going to get this thing done. This is a little bit of a challenge ahead of us. You're way more productive. You can think a little bit clearer and you don't make any mistakes. Yeah. And it's, um, we call it amygdala hijack. And that, and this is what we were talking about yesterday or yeah, yesterday's podcast about when Victor, when we went hiking and how I'll get upset because I want him to have fun and hike or just be at least in neutrality, but he has to go to a agro mode in order to get anything done in order for for a hike to get done for a workout to get done for cleaning the bathrooms to get done anything like that he usually goes into agro mode right sure and it's probably an amygdala uh, right? It's just you're, a wiring. Uh, I mean, the simplest ways. Is... I think it's amygdala hijacking and that your your body just doesn't like it's like, oh, productivity means stress. Stress means I need to be on high and fight or flight. Right. right. So that's the easiest way to the amygdala is a small part of the brain associated with perceiving danger. Um, and we're living at a time when uh, essentially like that gazelle coming down to the water's edge and that cro- worrying about that crocodile. Well, everything around us in modern society is setting us up for always being on alert, whether it's scrolling, right, or actually worried about things over the last three years. It's literally rattled everyone's 
feeling of safety and security. And so your body gets wired to always be never being able to relax. Anyone can relate, I'm sure. Um, we, we can actually help that. So at any rate, go ahead and back to your story. Yeah, well, the, in the end, it worked out fine. Um, you know, and like I said, I think uh, I didn't mind. I, I'm going to actually tie something together. So if you feel like you're always on high alert. If you're listening, you feel like I'm always on high alert. I always go to that fight or flight mode because for me, it, I, I don't necessarily do that. I overthink, like I definitely overanalyze, but Victor and I always talk about how it's a different part of your brain, right? Remember how you always say it's hard to really move it to the, the thought process, to the front part of your brain. Yeah. I don't, I don't think eye. I have that. And, and the amygdala is more in the back. Like you feel like it's when you're thinking about it, it's center. in the, okay. I, I do see that happening. Like, as I think about what is, where am I feeling activated when I'm in those situations? Cause it's no different than rock climbing. It's no different than, um, when I'm driving the big fifth wheel far distances. Like I have this ability to, to draw energy to the front of my forehead and think in terms of what do I want? What do I want to achieve? Um, worst case, best case scenario. Like I can diffuse that stress very quickly, or at least flip it into a proactive like when those people get there i'm like i can go really quick to going okay well i made a mistake i made a mistake here's what we have to deal with let's uh, like what are my options worst case best case and just go forward instead of replaying the past or get or allowing my brain to get stuck into the omg 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 i can't believe this happened i can't believe this happened and you know you you can, you can shift you can literally sorry to interject but you can literally make yourself sick with the oh oh my god oh my god i can't believe this happened but the productivity that i saw out of out of us all in that house i was like holy moly we just pulled that off honestly we did to a, spare yeah, we got it done in 30 minutes yeah and it was yeah it was really impressive but the point of this one is it's like your stress like try not to let your stress ruin your health like you really can take action. There's so many things we can do to start deprogramming your stress response. And even though Victor and I are showing up here and it makes maybe seems like going, oh, Victor sucks. Here's Victor, the caveman, Grug, who is um, living this stress response. And Robin's coming up like saying like, oh, stress doesn't affect me. It does. It just, it just, I've, I've trained myself to diffuse it a different way. And I used to get so 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 stressed i got used to get stressed that i'd get shingles Mm -hmm. multiple times which a lot of people you know the monkey while you were pregnant um yeah once when i was pregnant and that was because when i was pregnant with it it was because i was so worried that jariah was gonna die in utero and a friend of mine had lost a kid at the same time when she was like 36 weeks and i was like i was so paranoid it was not until i had tatiana was pregnant with tati that i like one day just woke up and been like was like this is ridiculous i can't live this stressed out i'm just gonna choose to never to not stress like i mean i i still stress sometimes but i just i it was a major shift about that time when i was pregnant with tati so it was 2011 to 2012 that i remember just going if if i continue to feel this way I am going to be miserable. And I just woke up I'm like, you know what? I'm just done. I'm just going to, if it's in my control, I'm going to do something about it. If it's not in my control, I'm going to let it go because it's, it wasn't a fun way to live. And then sure. once you embrace that, 
And then I started happen to embrace a lot of other things simultaneously. Uh, about the same time, I started doing yoga all the time, and then started surfing, and then started. Then we started traveling, and then we just the the happiness things, um, whatever happiness activities, fulfillment right. became stacked. So I know Victor has work to do, so that's why I'm rushing to get this get this through. But be the hero. Dot Academy where we can help you guys everyone can afford it it's only 40 bucks a month um there's a lot of information on there and then we show up for some live coaching to help navigate um i think really understanding your enneagram is a major starting point as a it's a really important part but at the very first it's like just show up and do some meditations with us because yeah the meditation and breath work i, I we have found that the guided meditation aspect and the guided breath work are game changes for a lot of people. I have a lot of people who can't sit in silence, but I have them focus on a breath. It gets them to sit and let get out of the way of their brain or out of the way of their body so that they can actually be like, oh man, I had this thought. All right, let's reflect upon that. That's your that's your individual. And that's what we're going to make available to you guys and then point you in the next direction for next steps. And so it's a real great way to get a level of coaching that will keep you on tasks to improve your life in in a reasonable and um, step-by-step way, right? Well, it's like ridiculous, so affordable compared to what, what we charge for one-on-one coaching. It just makes it so that everybody can uh, have the information because there's a lot of disinformation out there and what it takes to be healthy and what it takes to be happy. And, you know, society tries to... Um, tries to think that it's good to play the victim role when truly like you are the creator of your own happiness you're the creator of your own health everything when you can learn to insource your health and happiness and stop outsourcing it right there's a time and place for a doctor there's a time and place um for maybe maybe talk therapy i don't even know if there is a time and place for that but you know you just start to insource it and go you have the answer within you Okay. You might not fix your own broken arm, but for most, almost everything else, the answer lies within you. And so to be the hero means learning how to insource your uh, trust to your inner wisdom and inner guidance. That was really good. It's a good place to stop.